Hey, welcome to the 2000s Called, a podcast where I revisit iconic movies and music from the 2000s. Welcome. Since I'm from DFW, I'm going to start this podcast by saying a big fuck you to Greg Abbott and the Texas government for this archaic new abortion law. If you support this, I have news for you. You're a rapist rights activist and a forced birth extremist. You're tacky and I hate you. You're not pro-life. So just a big fuck you. All right, now that I got that off my chest, this week we're revisiting The Princess Diaries, starring Anne Hathaway, Dame Julie Andrews, and Mandy Moore. The Princess Diaries came out in 2001. It has a score of 48% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was made with a 108.2 million... Oh, wait. Oh. Sorry, I don't know what the budget was, but it made $108.2 million at the box office. Oh, and the budget was $26 million. Sorry. Yep, so they brought in a good amount of money at the box office. I think if I remember correctly, I saw this in the theater. So um, the IMDb trivia for this movie is pretty entertaining. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. If you didn't already know, the scene where Mia falls in the bleachers was not planned and actually fell, and they just put it in the final cut of the movie because that was a very Mia moment. So that looked like it hurt, didn't it? I don't know if y'all have seen it recently, but she's like walking up and she goes to spin on one foot to turn around and she just lands right on her ass. It looks like it hurt. Okay, so Mia's cat, Fat Louie, in the movie was Anne Hathaway's real cat, at least one of the actor cats in the movie. So there were four different cats who played the part of Fat Louie, one that allowed people to carry them, another that would jump, and another that sat on the envelope at the end of the mo- <laughs> at the end of the movie. I thought that was so funny because you think that you would think that in movies they would have like a stunt cat or like some cat actor who can do everything (laughs) but even with cats they're so unique and each of them are so you know particular and stuff they had to combine four cats to make (laughs) the personality of this cat a second trivia fact thing during auditions Anne Hathaway fell out of her fucking chair and was immediately hired for the part of clumsy Mia that's wild, because as we know Anne Hathaway now to be a remarkable Oscar-winning actress, you all know she was, like, well-prepared to ace that audition, and as soon as she fell, they were just like, yeah, you got it. We don't need to see anything else. thought that was interesting. It was Anne Hathaway's idea to have the brush break in her curly hair. There's a lot, besides uh, what I'm reading, that she helped with the movie, like, I think she deserves a fucking producer credit on IMDb. (laughs) Um, Anne Hathaway and Heather Matarazzo became good friends while filming and still remain friends to this day. How cute is that? This will tie into our astrology trivia. (laughs) Uh, The Princess Diaries was co-produced by Whitney Houston. Didn't know that. Okay, get ready for this shit. Jesus Christ. Long list. Juliette Lewis, Christina Applegate, Cameron Diaz. Alyssa Milano, Kate Beckinsale, Alicia Silverstone, Drew Barrymore, Eva Mendez, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Claire Danes, Kate Hudson, Christina Ricci, Kirsten Dunst, Jessica Biel, and more (laughs) were all offered the role of Mia and turned it down. Is that not a wild and embarrassingly long list of declines? 
that and there's more that's not everybody that's crazy and lastly Amanda Bynes auditioned but didn't get the role of Mia obviously but she went on to do What a Girl Wants which isn't the same but kind of similar it's that a teenage girl whose father is a is slash was a famous political figure and is thrusted into the public eye. I love that movie. I I think we'll probably do that movie on the next season. But I love Amanda Bynes and I hope she's doing well. She was always, she was and will always be one of my favorite actors from the 2000s because she was just, she seemed so effortlessly uh, funny and naturally funny and very charismatic. I really like her a lot. I can't remember what her sign is. I think she's a tiger, um, a tiger or a rabbit. Pretty sure she's a tiger. All right. So for our tiny little astrology segment, Julie Andrews, Dame Julie Andrews is a Libra pig and Hathaway is a Scorpio dog. So was Jamie Lee Curtis. If you remember a lot of popular Scorpios during the two thousands, I guess. Mandy Moore is an Aries rat and Heather Matarazzo. I might be saying that wrong. I'm very sorry if I'm saying that wrong. It's also a Scorpio dog. So isn't that cute that Anne and Heather were both Scorpio dogs? They are both Scorpio dogs and they became best friends on set. I think that's really cute. And I wonder like if you know your Chinese zodiac sign, do you get along well with people of your same sign? Because I do. I'm a monkey and well, I'm my best friend for life is a monkey, but um, I don't know very many other monkeys. I assume I had other monkey friends in school because we were all around the same age. But yeah, pay attention to that <laughs> if you want. <laughs> all right. So it's 2001. We're going to see the Princess Diaries. We got our butterfly clips on. We just silenced our little Nokia phones and we're watching the Princess Diaries. Mia blasts off to school on her motorized scooter. But first, she crashes into her grumpy neighbor's trash can because he's a stupid fucker. Mia arrives at school to see all the hot kids smashing faces. It's quite jarring to see these people raw-dogging this oxygen pre-COVID. It's wild. Mia gets home from school and mom says her Gma is in town and wants to have tea and crumpets. So a limousine scoops her up to take her. Her grandmother, the queen of Jamokria, is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my entire life. With the poise of a swan, she spills the beans. You're a princess, Mia. I'm getting too old for this shit, and I'm going to need you to take this throne off my hands. Mia, like a good old San Franciscan liberal, objects completely to the entire concept of monarchies. Being born into power is bullshit. I'm just a clumsy teen. I can't rule a country. That would be wild. Since your father died of testicular cancer, you're his only spawn and the only viable option we have, or else our country will cease to be. Grandma implores Mia to reconsider, so Mia takes a few days to think things over. Mia comes home and has a standoff with her mom. I've been living with a liar the past 17 years. I'm moving the fuck out. But Mia... We were only trying to protect you. The media is on the brink of being an absolute chaos-spewing machine. We were only trying to keep your childhood private. Jesus. Mia understands and decides to stay. Mia gets a makeover to conform to the beauty standards at that time and to try to fit in with the royal family, even though her bouncy curly hair was gorgeous to begin with. 
Mia's friends treat her like absolute dog shit when they see her. Her best friend, also named Mia, forces her to explain what the fuck is going on. Mia confides that she's a princess now, and her grandmother gave her a makeover to fit in. The next day, the entire fucking school finds out that Mia is a princess-in-waiting when a SWAT team arrives to escort her to algebra class. She's getting more attention than she ever has. Her classmates have stopped calling her like names like Freak and Fuzzball. Wow, being royalty rocked. It's fancy dinner time and everything that is green is served, since it's the color of Jamakria. Mia attempts to show off her sick princessing skills, but she accidentally goes back to her klutzy ways. She catches a man's arm on fire, spits pea soup in everyone's faces, and breaks every plate she touches. Jima is surprisingly entertained by this and is not upset with Mia, so she invites her to a night out on the town to bond over grandmother and granddaughter stuff. Mia introduces grandma to her staying, but while driving she floors it into a trolley and kills three people. I mean, it's not that bad, but I mean, three's, three's a lot. But Jima girl bosses the shit out of the shitty situation and knights everyone on the trolley. Huzzah! Next, Mia's friend Justin is crushed as Mia breaks the news that she'll be going with the jock Josh to the beach bum dance. Bummer town. He's in love with Mia, but he hasn't had the balls to tell her yet. Justin isn't the only one to be let down on this eve. Mia's also forgotten that she promised her best friend she'd appear on her 80s horror movie podcast. She ditches both of them for Josh. Josh, the football face, kidnaps Mia at the dance and attempts to woo her. He asks her to rub his feet and kiss his ugly troll face. He's planned a paparazzi ambush at the dance to capture himself and Mia looking all provocative and sexy together. But Mia is humiliated that he would try to stage such a scandal. It's party time, and Jima, the queen, looks stunning. But Mia drives her Mustang convertible in the pouring rain and has a mental breakdown on the way to the ball. Jordan comes to rescue her in the royal limousine, and Mia decides right then and there that she accepts the responsibility and all the glamorous shit that comes along with being a royal. Huzzah! <laughs> all right, <laughs> moving on to our music segment. This week, we're revisiting Hilary Duff's first album, Metamorphosis, which came out January 1st of 2003. I have revisited this album many a time since 2003 because it makes me laugh really hard at times. I'm gonna go a little in on this because maybe you have the same thoughts of as me about this album. Maybe you've forgotten how bad it is. <laughs> um, obviously, Come Clean So Yesterday and oh, what's the other song? Why not? Yeah. Those were and are still pretty great. Um, other songs, not so much. There's a song called The Math that cracks me up every time I hear it, which we'll get into in a second. This album cover, if you haven't seen it in a while... She looks dead behind the eyes. I don't know why why she looks like that. Why does she look like that? She's smiling, but not really. She's just kind of showing her teeth. Her skin is airbrushed into oblivion. She looks like a wax museum replica of herself. 
It's just really weird. I don't know why she looks like that. The track list is as follows. So yesterday, come clean, working it out. Little voice, where did I go right? Anywhere but here. The math, love just is. <laughs> Sweet 16, party up, metamorphosis, inner strength, and why not? So <laughs> we're doing a semi-deep dive. We're going into, uh, yeah, we're getting into it. So, so yesterday, classic breakup song. She's like, bitch, I don't even remember your name. I stole your everything's bigger in Texas shirt. And that's all I really care about. Hillary seems to be coming into her power and realizing that she's a superstar as a teenager, like a, a Disney star. And she realizes she can, she doesn't have to fucking stand for these lame dudes treating her like shit. She could pretty much get whatever dude she wants at this point. And pro I mean, still now she looks great. And yeah, <laughs> come clean. Let's go back, back to the beginning, back to when the earth, the sun, and the stars all aligned. Not scientifically accurate. Off to a weird lyrical start. Then moving right along into fit a square into a circle was no lie. I defy. <laughs> Girl, uh, what in the geometry are you talking about? You should have saved that line for the math song. <laughs> What a mean word sense. When she says, trying to find a pigment of truth beneath my skin, my brain always is like, she's a liar. <laughs> she lies. Why is she trying to find truth? Why can't she just be truthful? That's just where my brain goes. It's a weird uh, lyric. <laughs> the album is full of very obvious transitions, between Hillary's actual singing voice and some like full-blown adult singing voice because there are obviously like notes that she can't hit at this point so that's really jarring um she I mean she was 15 when she made this so I don't know if she was a singer before she was an actress or if she was an actress before she was a singer and Disney just offered her a record deal I don't know how that um I don't know how that came to be. And I'll admit, my best friend and I would use our reading time in sixth grade to write songs together. And I I don't remember what what they were. I can't imagine them being that good because there's just not a lot of life experience to pull from. Like our favorite song that we created was called No Boys Allowed because that's, that's where we were at. I mean, that's still true to this day, but yeah. And Hillary was dating Frankie Muniz during this time, if you did not know, in 2002. She was 15. He was 17. The year before this, yeah, they were dating the year before the album came out. So that makes me wonder if some of these love songs are about Frankie Muniz. <laughs> um, but yeah, the songs just seem kind of emotionally immature and misinformed, like especially the song Love Just Is. Like, that's literally all she has to say. <laughs> in that song is love just is like it is what like she there's just not enough um true love experience i don't yeah anyway <laughs> and i mean reviewing this album i'm like of of course it's emotionally immature and misinformed she was 15 like 
but you might be asking why I re-listen to these albums, and it's really simple. It's to escape from the world for a little bit and forget about my problems and revisit my childhood. So go re-listen to this album if you want to listen to something silly. (laughs) Uh, Let me know. Feel free to let me know what movies you'd like me to do, and I'll at least watch it. If I haven't seen it in a while, maybe we'll do an episode on it. Um, I hope you have a great week. I'll see you next time. You can find me on Twitter at 2000s called pod and Instagram at the 2000s called pod. All right. Y'all have a good week. Fuck Greg Abbott. Bye.